Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment-related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Hello, this is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host of ADHD Focus, and today we're going to be talking about executive functions. What are they anyway? What do they have to do with ADHD, and is there any way we can improve them? My guest today is Dr. Ari Tuckman, a psychologist from West Chancellor, Pennsylvania, who has a practice there working with people with ADHD. He's written three books, More Attention, Less Deficit, Understand Your Brain, Get More Done, and one for Professionals, Integrative Treatment for ADHD. His website is adultadhdbook.com. Ari, welcome to the program. Well, it's great to be here. Uh, so let's get uh, started right off with uh, defining what executive functions are. There's a lot of, um, I guess, information out there, and it can be a little hard to figure out what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> yes, definitely. You know, different people define them in different ways or sort of characterize them or categorize them, break them up into different parts or combine things together. So it can be a little bit confusing. But basically what the executive functions are is there are certain kind of higher level cognitive processes that allow that help us sort of organize our behavior and primarily organizing our behavior across time. So it has to do with mm-hmm. not just doing what's best in this one moment or what's most interesting in this one moment, but helping us create a better future for ourselves. And this is really kind of Russell Barkley, you know, talks a lot about that, that the executive functions are about managing our own behavior towards a better future. So, um, so the ability to kind of, for example, to self-activate, to kind of get going on something uh, without having an immediate reward or punishment uh, right on top of us. So, like, you know, that ability basically to not procrastinate. So mm-hmm. folks with ADHD often have trouble with self-activation um, or the ability to remember forward into time. <clears throat> Tomorrow when I get back to the office, I need to remember to check this thing or to call that person or something. Yeah. Um, the ability to take lessons learned from the past and pause to apply those lessons into the present moment. Um, whereas often folks with ADHD, they have trouble with the pausing part and therefore they will too often make the same mistakes or it becomes a situation where afterwards they ask themselves like, Ugh, why didn't I just do it this way instead of that way? Why did I sort of set myself up for trouble like that? So knowing what needs to be done, but then not necessarily doing what needs to be done. Yeah, the uh, I think ADHD folks, it's kind of just-in-time inventory. Yep, this is what I do now, and kind of take it on the fly without looking at, uh, yes, in three days this is due. Why am I working on something that's coming up in three weeks? Yeah. So 
how do they then uh, show up in in uh, ADHD? How, what's the real life um, way they show up? So, in general, young kids have rather poorly developed executive functions, um, as you know, they generally have poorly developed cognitive skills of various kinds. But as little kids become teenagers and then become young adults and then become full adults, the executive functions, among lots of other abilities, develop and get stronger. And eventually we become, hopefully, self-sufficient, fully functioning adults in the world. But for folks with ADHD, there's a little bit of a delay on that. So let's mm-hmm. say a kid with ADHD who is 10 might have the executive functioning or the another way of calling it is the self-management abilities of a kid who's like eight or maybe seven or at least sometimes in some situations that's happening. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's the situation where the parent says, I don't understand why I can't just, he's 10 years old, why can't he just sit down and do his homework on his own? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like that's how it sort of shows up. It's like, well, if he was seven or eight, we wouldn't really necessarily expect him to do his homework completely on his own. But he's 10, so we do expect it. So there's that kind of delay that shows up. And hopefully that mostly kind of catches up a bit, or at least the gap closes a bit more by like mid to late 20s. But <clears throat> even then, adults with ADHD still struggle with some of these things. So, for example, like the executive function of working memory, the ability to hold information in mind um, and basically regulate attention so we don't get distracted by other things. Folks with ADHD often have kind of weaker working memory, so they're more easily, their attention is more easily pulled away onto something else or they forget to do something. So they say, oh, I need to make that phone call. As soon as I finish this, I'm going to make that phone call. Right. And they finish this and then they're off onto something else because it dropped out of their working memory or their perspective memory to remember to do that. So, um, And that certainly impacts their, uh, I think, kind of the concept of time or remembering, okay, I need to get to bed soon, and what I call the just one more thing. I'm just yep. going to look up one more thing, and it's an hour and a half later, and it has seemed like, only 20 minutes, just one more thing. Um, and the uh, one place I see that um, is a big stumbling block for kids is in middle school. So now they're uh, 12, 13, 14, and the expectation is, well, you're going to remember the assignment. You're going to remember I told you to put your homework here um, and get things done in class, and so the emphasis seems to be take responsibility for yourself, and that's exactly what certainly kids that age with ADD don't know how to, or it just, you know, it floats by, fine, today I can do that, but unless you remind me three days from now, I'm going to have forgotten that that's part of the deal, Um, and I think parents get frustrated with that too. And, hey, you're 14, your sister can just sit down and do your homework. You know you have to do it. And why didn't you feed the dog also? And it just you know, kind of drops out the back. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and and middle school is a big sort of shaking out point because for AD, for kids with ADHD because in elementary you still mostly have like that one teacher so you got music yeah. and art and gym and whatever but you got your one main teacher so there's more structure there there's more oversight um, mm-hmm. once you get into middle school you have lots of teachers in different rooms and different assignments and not everything is just due tomorrow the way it mostly tends to be in elementary school there's stuff that's due tomorrow but then there's stuff that's due in a couple of days and stuff that's due in a couple of weeks so there's more there to manage and it's exactly the skills that those middle schoolers with ADHD struggle the most with so you really begin to see it show up much more clearly. Mm-hmm. Now, where do you think uh, Russell Barkley's a psychologist who uh, has written extensively about ADHD and really studied it at his as his life work, and his perspective on executive functions seems to center around the response inhibition? How do you see that right. fitting in? Yeah, I think. You know, it's hard to argue with Barclay because he is he is just so incredibly well-read and he's just an absolute genius in terms of his ability to kind of integrate phenomenal amounts of information and put together these massive theories that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like, nobody knows their stuff the way that he does. But I think that, you know, so I, I believe his response inhibition theory. And basically the idea is that in order for the executive functions to operate, there needs to be a little bit of a space between a stimulus and a response. And that, mm-hmm. and it's in that space between stimulus and response that the executive functions do their thing. So what happens is that for folks with ADHD, they respond too quickly without pausing to consider the bigger picture. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know, when they get distracted, um, you know, so this distraction is a stimulus, and then the response is that their attention goes over there or possibly even their body goes over there. Um, and then they, without pausing to consider, wait a second, that's not what I was doing here. Like, my goal is not to see who texted me. My goal is to focus on wrapping this up so I can get out the door. Or my goal is to go and get, you know, those papers off the printer before I pack up my backpack and get out of here or whatever the adult version of that is. So, Mm -hmm. um, So adults or people with ADHD then are more driven by the environment around them um, and have less of an ability to kind of step back from the present moment and think about the future and what's coming down the pike. So um, as a result, things tend to kind of happen more. It's kind of like all of a sudden now here, the future is here. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, that yep. paper is due. Oh, my God, taxes are due you know, whatever the situation is, or, oh, my God, where did I put my keys? Uh-huh. Yes, the, the keys, and I just got to get out the door and get to work, and you get to work, and you don't have your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. And, you know, no one of those is necessarily fatal, but you add up a lot of them, and it really kind of wears away at your mm-hmm confidence at your self-esteem at your i don't know mood right 
And I think certainly some of them can be fatal uh, in yeah. terms of, gee, I've never seen one of these pills at a party. Wonder what that's like. Or um, forgetting to put your seatbelt on because you're focusing on getting home, but then you also get thinking about something else and you drive off the road. Um, yeah. So there are some fairly serious consequences in there. Um, or the I can imagine, since many people in uh, prisons and jails have ADHD, um, that going by a car, man, that's a cool car. Oh, look, the keys are in it. Let's go for a drive. Um, that impulse and stop thinking to not think about what are the consequences of just taking someone else's car. Right. Yeah, and it's those little decisions in the moment that can have big consequences. But And that's, of course, the problem is that if you don't pause for a moment and think through the potential ramifications, um, but instead you just kind of respond impulsively, it's only after it's too late that you realize, uh-oh, I, I wouldn't have made that same choice And then, now that I'm thinking about it. And four days later or two weeks later, that the consequences have been forgotten or the fact that that choice, that pause didn't happen, is totally forgotten, so may do the same thing again. Right. And that's the, the working memory, keeping things in mind from uh, not just 10 minutes ago, but also um, days ago. Yeah, and it's that, it's that pausing to, to think through... You know, I, I refer to this in my writings as hindsight and forethought. So hindsight is pausing in the moment to look backwards into your past and to think, when have I been in similar situations and how did, that, how did those various courses of action work out? Uh, mm -hmm. And how does that bear on this decision that I'm making right now? Forethought is thinking forward into time and kind of hypothetically running through different scenarios. If I do this, then probably this would happen. If I do this other thing, though, then probably it would work out that way. And, you know, I think the simplest example is if you're thinking about how to drive somewhere, and there's mm -hmm. kind of a number of different ways, and maybe it's like kind of towards rush hour, so you don't want to take the obvious way on the highway. <clears throat> you know, that thinking through your different options, like, you know, that's a kind of a simple example of forethought. So our decision in the moment, ideally, is influenced by our experiences from the past as well as our projection of what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. But folks with ADHD are less likely, not that they never do this, but they're just less likely or less often do they pause in the moment <clears throat> and think about what it is that they want to do. And I think uh, I see that also as people with ADD are so caught up in what they are doing, particularly if it's something interesting, that even the, the consequences of just playing one more game on the computer ended up last night of staying up till 2 a.m., and I really didn't like the way I felt today, and it was really hard to do my work by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then that night, the uh, second wind phenomenon comes around. I just I want to see if I can get to that next level in the game. And bang, you're off until 2 a.m. again. 
So is there any... Yeah, go ahead. And I think in that kind of a scenario, there's kind of a number of things going on. One of them is that, you know, this idea of I'm just at midnight, let's say, saying I'm just going to play one more game. Um, you know, the problem is that if you don't track time well and you don't, which is a sense of time, you know, effect, which is one of the executive functions, that ability to track time well, but also the working memory thing of I am I am holding in mind the, the fact that at the end of this game then that's it. I'm not just automatically jumping into the next one. So one uh-huh. game and then I'm done. So some to some extent it's a working memory thing um, that they forget that. They get distracted by the game and it pushes that thought out of their mind. Uh, to some extent it's a sense of time problem and the sense of not tracking time and realizing that it's been two hours, you know, like the yeah. war game somehow has become two hours. But some of it also, I think, has to do with, you know, it's that it's that not accessing hindsight, or another way of putting it, is not having kind of good self-awareness or at least kind of allowing themselves in that moment the indulgence of believing, sure, I'm going to do one more game and then that's it. Whereas if they, you know, looked back in time, they'd say, well, how often is it indeed one more game and done? And how often does one more game become like two hours? Like, let's be honest here. And maybe it's not 100% of the time that that's how it works out, but... I don't, you know, and I don't know what the really percentage, you know, like, I don't know if, if you care, is it, if 80% of the time, you know, it happens, it works out badly, is that an acceptable, what about 70, 60, 30%, mm-hmm. like, what's your cutoff, I don't know, I guess that's like a personal choice, and obviously there's a difference between playing video games versus car crashes where, you know, if 5% of the time you don't have your seatbelt on, probably that's an unacceptable number, you know, when it comes right. to a consequence like a car crash. But um, so some of it, it, you know, it's also that it's, it's, and it's, it's a fuzzy line because some of it I do think is really executive functioning stuff about, um, you know, not recognizing that right. it's probably not going to work out well. But I think some of it also is a little, and, you know, executive function stuff is really more neurological um, and then artificial, making an artificial distinction here, there's also the psychology part of it, which is, you know, if you put my hands on a stack of Bibles and made me swear it, I, I would admit, okay, sure, yeah, I'm likely to get distracted here. But I really want to play, I really just want to play, so I'm kind of, without out loud doing it, I'm kind of making a choice of, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to play some video games, I want to have some fun here. You know, and it's that, and I kind of did a presentation at Chad this past year called What Are Your Favorite Lies? And it's it's basically mm. all those little lies that we tell that we all tell ourselves. So not just folks with ADHD, but you know, in this case the little lie is, sure, I can play one more game and stop. You know, yes. or the yes. lie is I don't you know, I don't need eight hours of sleep every night. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or I'll feel fine tomorrow. I'll just sleep in a little bit or whatever, you know, there's little lies that we tell ourselves so we can do the thing in the moment that we really want to do. I think the uh, one of the things I think of in that is what I call the uh, McDonald's approach. I deserve right. a break today. Yeah, and exactly. um, so I've been working hard. 
uh, the kids are finally in bed. I have some time for myself. I deserve to be able to watch one of these Netflix. Well, pretty soon you're into the fifth show of the season or whatever. Right. Uh, and the video game because I need a break. Um, and then that time and the working memory, things conspire into mm-hmm. staying up way too late. So is there any hope for people with ADD in terms of um, surmounting some of these, retraining? Uh, how, do, how do we uh, improve that? Right. So, of course, that's the million-dollar question. Um, on the one hand, for kids and teens, um, getting older does tend to make this stuff better. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I don't think that getting older is really a, a treatment regimen. You know no. I mean? so, but for, for everybody else, then certainly one of the things that can be helpful is medication, that it helps you kind of pause a little bit more in that, you know, that moment by moment, just pause a little bit and better manage your attention, kind of resist distractions, resist impulses in terms of going and doing something. So medication is definitely helpful in terms of these executive function challenges. Um, I think some of it also then really has to do with kind of setting yourself up for success, or to put it in another way, it's easier to not be distracted if there are fewer distractions. Yes. So if you know that there are certain things that are a challenge, you try as best you can to set it up differently ahead of time. So in terms of the video games, for example, I'll often tell people, I've got got a saying that if it's too hard to stop, then maybe you just shouldn't start. So like the Mm -hmm. idea of, I'm just going to play a couple quick video games and then that'll be it. Well, okay, if that's, how it tends to work out most of the time, but if too often, however you define too often, if too often it doesn't work out that way, then maybe maybe this is, you just don't start video games at 10 o'clock at night. Maybe that's just asking for trouble. Yeah, and so setting up um, kind of, and I think that's where in your sessions or my working with patients, any of the professionals where we're helping folks with ADD, it's giving them that perspective of, wait a minute, do you really, are you really able to stop after one game? Let's think back through this and hopefully um, then offer people a strategies of how to set up that pause, as you say. Um, I've found that medications can help to some degree, but a lot of times those habits are so ingrained, the I deserve a break or... Um, and some other things that someone who doesn't have ADD, a parent, for instance, says, how can you study with that radio on? Turn it off. And at least uh, one survey found about a third of teenagers got better grades on homework if they did have some background noise. Yeah. So that's their strategy that I, they arrived at. But you have to help the people without ADD understand how that works. Yeah, and and that's absolutely it. I mean, it's about, you know, there's only so much we can do to change what our brains do. So if you can't change as much inside, then you want to change as much as you can outside. And whether you take medication or not, 
and whether you have ADHD or not, like we all still have to have good, effective systems and strategies to get stuff done. So mm-hmm. medication can often be quite helpful, but does, if you take medication but you still have terrible habits, then it's not going to be effective at all. Um, so, yeah, so some of it is really helping that one individual figure out what do I need to do in order to be successful or to approach it from the other side. Where are the places that I'm getting myself into trouble? Where are the places that things are not working out the way that I would like them to? And Mm -hmm. if you can begin to identify where things fall through the cracks, and then if you understand ADHD well you can and the executive functions, you can then begin to figure out, like, what are the strategies that are going to be helpful to me? And there's sometimes there's nuances there that can make a big difference, but rather than just figuring it all out the hard way to figure out what other people have already have come up with and start there. So in your uh, book on the understand your brain, get more done, which is a workbook, actually, a fill in the blanks. Is there a, a sequence that helps in terms of which executive functions to develop and work on? Or should one just pick one and, and see how it goes? I think it, I mean, I think in general, kind of you start wherever you want to start. Um, And certainly some good habits can be effective, but it's one of those things, I don't know that we're necessarily training the executive functions per se as much as training good habits and workarounds, you know. So, Mm -hmm. for example, rather than just relying on your memory, to get some sort of a schedule system, whether it's a paper schedule book, old school, or, you know, using an electronic calendar on your phone or on the computer or that synchronizes in the cloud or whatever, but Mm -hmm. having some sort of an external calendar system that doesn't involve holding it in your head. And there's often kind of some resistance to that. And I think often in the folks that I see. And often I think the resistance has to do with the fact that they've tried this stuff in the past and it hasn't worked out. And sometimes that's because they haven't been on medication at the time, so that kind of undermined their ability to be consistent with it. Uh-huh. But often in these kind of situations, what I tell people is, even if you don't use your schedule 100% of the time, even if you only use it half the time, let's say, that's still half better than not using it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what you just mentioned in terms of the workarounds, I think that may apply to most of the things we do. It certainly does to computer software because something is going to collide, and unless you figure out a different way within the software to get what you need done, printing something, whatever, mm-hmm. it, you're going to be stuck. So the workarounds in this situation it didn't work to tell myself just one more game. Okay, I'm not going to start. But then there is a work project or you're doing some photo things for something coming up and you find yourself at the computer at 1130 at night. You've just done this big project and I think that's where the in the moment, I'll just play one game to relax or I'll just watch this one Netflix video or whatever. Um. Yeah, and it's, you know, the executive functions help us both to do some things and to not do some other things. And, of course, 
happiness or success in life requires a good balance of both. You know, so it's not merely a matter of it, that the executive functions stop us from doing these fun but distracting activities. Yeah. You know, it's also a matter of getting us going on those things that are less enjoyable or less interesting and that don't have that immediate deadline. Mm-hmm. And so choosing, yeah, which one to do, uh, it's always easier to, well, I think for many people with ADD, it's easier to um, say, oh, yeah, I've got to remember to... Um, organize something in the room or I've got to remember to um, get this stuff lined up for my kid's birthday party instead of finishing the report that's due for work tomorrow or some other bigger project that it's hard to see how to break it up into little pieces and, well, I don't have three hours to do that instead of figuring, you know, I can probably do that for just ten minutes. Uh, One of the... um, strategies I've heard of and I recommend to a number of people is an app for the phone called Freaky Alarm. And one can set any number of ways to turn it off, doing a little math problem, something you really have to concentrate on. Well, one of the ways is to scan a barcode. You pick the barcode, you scan it in as the key that turns it off. Well, if you're at the computer and the barcode is up at your toothbrush, you have to get up and kind of break the trance of sitting there. You can't pause it. You can't turn it off. You have to scan the barcode. And maybe it was designed for getting kids out of bed, um, but I think it works very well for adults get them into bed so that they don't try one more thing. Right. Well, we're yeah. at a point where we need to uh, wrap things up. Um, Ari, it's been... Great to have a uh, some insight into what executive functions are, how they um, get in the way of people with ADD in terms of they don't always connect, and some of the things uh, we can do about them. My guest today has been Dr. Ari Tuckman, who has over 15 years of experience working with people with ADD and has written three books to help us understand how these things work, more attention, less deficit is a great one. I call it an encyclopedia because you try to need to figure out what to do about procrastination. Here's two or three pages of ideas that you can use. And then a workbook, Understand Your Brain, Get More Done, which helps you look at your own habits and patterns and how you can develop workarounds and strategies for these executive functions. Dr. Tuckman's website is adultadhdbook.com, and I'm sure that has a lot more information about executive functions and what you can do about them. Ari, it's been great to have you on the program, and thanks for all that you're doing to help people with ADHD figure it out. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. This has been ADHD Focus with your host, Dr. David Pomeroy. Stay tuned for the next segment in another two weeks. And until then, be well.